Welcome to the Kaleo Life Podcast. You can find more resources for gospel living and information about us by going to our website, kaleo.community. Enjoy today's sermon. Hey, um, so I appreciate you being here. I grew up in the west side of Hoquim, if you know where that is. So I'm a Harborite, lived here my whole life. And, uh, but every summer I go back to Upper Michigan, if you've ever been to the state of Michigan, I knew nothing about the state of Michigan prior to 13 years ago, but I started dating a girl from there. She moved out here, took a job sight unseen at North River School and lived out in North River, if you know where that is. And by the way, Veritas is almost meeting North River's size in student enrollment. We're so small out there, and it sounds like you guys are growing by leaps and bounds. So, uh, Started dating and went back there to visit her. We got married the second summer, and I've been going back there every summer for 13 years and a few Christmases and things like that. And if you don't know what Michigan looks like, it's the weird state that looks like that, kind of on a map with water everywhere around it. It's two peninsulas, and she's from right there. So Marquette, Michigan, at the height of the Upper Peninsula on Lake Superior. And so uh, one winter, I believe it was, it might have been a summer, I can't remember, we were back, and... My wife's uncle's mother, all right? Her name is Mrs. Ham was her name, Mrs. Ham. And so we went, and uh, me and my father-in-law went to visit Mrs. Ham. She was sick and she was in a hospital. And he said, would you like to go visit her with me? And I said, sure, I'll go visit her with you. And I was probably in seminary at the time. And I go and, uh, you know, we sit there and talk with her, walk into the hospital room. And I kind of sit and I ask her some questions and uh, she said to me, I'll never forget this. She goes, you know, you'll make a good pastor. You have good bedside manner. And I thank you, Mrs. Ham. I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. It's interesting to have that comment. And I've been in nursing homes hundreds and hundreds of times now. And I've been in hospitals several, 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 several times. And I've sat in funeral homes and cemeteries and had to have what you call good bedside manner. I serve an older congregation over at United Christian Church, and um, often people will have a stint in and out of a nursing home. But where did I learn good bedside manner, you might ask? Well, when I was a kid, between the ages of about 10 and 20, I went to a nursing home a lot. My grandma, I swear, was in a nursing home for like 10 years. It probably wasn't 10 years, but it felt like 10 years when you're a kid. It's probably like six And my parents would go every day to visit my grandma, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And if they went on vacation, I went to visit grandma at the nursing home. And uh, you ever been in a nursing home? Yeah. You know you're in a nursing home the second you walk in that front door, don't you? There's certain elements to a nursing home that you just kind of know. And you'd go in, and I remember saying one time in a Sunday school class, there's a lot of unglorious days in a nursing home. There just are. I was just in a hospital recently. My head elder fell backwards, cracked his head, and died just about a week and a half ago. The only elder in my church. And so I went to visit his wife and to see him in the hospital right when I got home from vacation. And as I'm walking down the hallway, I look in a room and I just see a spouse, a daughter, a relative of the person sitting there. And what's interesting to me is when I was a kid, I used to think, okay, there's a person standing in the room. Now I think that's commitment. 
I know what it is to stand in that room. I know what it is to take your day off and to go in and to serve them a drink and to help them eat their food and to call that nurse and to not know what to do and to know what to do and all those different things that come with going and walking into a building like that. And the reason I tell you that story is my parents honored their parents every day visiting the nursing home in their old age. And I watched that, and to Mrs. Ham, that taught me good bedside manner. I knew how to interact with a person who was not going through a good stage in their life. And I learned by observing my parents how to honor your parents, and particularly as they're going through the difficult parts in life. I want to read to you a story out of the book of Matthew in Matthew chapter 15. And I'm going to jump around a little bit. I said, Benjamin, I preach for about 30 minutes. He goes, oh, I preach for 40 to 50 minutes. And I said, well, they're going to get what they get today. So (laughs) Matthew chapter 15, Jesus actually comments on this law, uh, honor your father and mother. And And the story goes like this in Matthew 15, verse one. Then some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And he answered and said to them, Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and he who speaks of evil of father and mother is to be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever I have that I would give to help you has been given to God. He is not to honor his father or his mother. And by this, you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah prophesy of you. This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is away, far away from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the precepts of men. And here Jesus gets on those Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes who were so often he was at odds with because he had 30 years to sit there and observe them every week in synagogue and in the streets and in the temple. And he watched and he got sick and tired of being like, what? Why are you negating what God's told you to do? Basic, one of the Ten Commandments, honor your father and mother that it may go well for you and you may live long in the, in the land that God is giving you. And he's saying, you sit there and you dedicate your, your money, your possessions to God so you don't have to help your parents. And Jesus is like, no, that doesn't work. You can't do that. At least according to Jesus, you can't do that. And I would recommend listening to him. Uh, whether we like it or not, this is one of the ways that God evaluates, examines, or judges life. It's very important to God. There's only 10 commandments he gives in Exodus chapter 20. You read the rest of Exodus, you read Leviticus, you read Numbers and Deuteronomy. There's a lot of other commands given to the people. But there's kind of these 10 that they're like, they're like the, the pinnacle of them all or the foundation of them all. Here's how I want you to basically govern your life in relationship to me, the Sabbath, your parents, and everybody else in your society, right? Don't lie, don't don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't covet. Honor your mother and your father. And that's one of the things that God does to evaluate the people that he is Lord over. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter three. uh, Now I got to flip in my Bible and find it myself. 
2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul lists a huge list of sins. And it's always nerve-wracking when Paul lists a big list of sins because often I find I exemplify a few of those. But he says in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, notice what he says, listen for the certain sin I want you to hear. You'll pick it out. He says, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. What did he list in his list of sins? Disobedient to parents. Like apparently to Paul, at least, a New Testament apostle, that matters to God. When you start disobeying your parents, you're on a bad track. He lists that with arrogant, ungrateful, reckless, treacherous, conceited. Disobedient to parents goes in that list for him. And apparently it matters to God. I'll never forget when I was a kid. This is the only vision I have of this day. I was in preschool or kindergarten, probably preschool. I'm going to go with I was younger because it'll make me look a little bit better in your eyes. But uh, my friend Kelsey came over, her and her mom, and she probably came over to play or they dropped something off. And I thought it'd be fun to talk back to my mother in front of Kelsey. So my mom says something to me and I go, why should I? My mom drugged me in the bathroom and she disciplined me in there. And I came out a different person and tried to behave a little bit differently and realized, like, looking up at my mom, like, that wasn't a good idea. Because I go, why should I? And then I looked Kelsey in the eyes and I started laughing. Wasn't that funny? Wasn't that funny? And she kind of was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you absolutely slamming what I'm saying right back in my face? Well, as a five-year-old, I thought it was hilarious. But it was not hilarious to be, be disobedient to my mom and to talk back to her like that. Uh, When we honor our parents, we're like the son of God, who is Jesus, right? Think of the Lord's prayer. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the first sentence of the prayer. So think about that for a second, because Jesus could say a lot of things and a lot of important things, and there's a lot of important things. And how does he start the prayer when his disciples say, Jesus, please teach us how to pray? He starts out the whole thing by saying, okay, if you want to pray well, here's how I want you to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What does it mean to hallow someone's name? That's kind of a weird word. We don't use it anymore. Anybody know what to hallow means? Yeah, to make it holy, to set it apart, make it sacred, right? That's what it means. So it says, So Jesus is looking at a group who's asking him how to pray, and he says, well, if you want to pray rightly, here's how you should pray. Here's how I want you to approach prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, may your name be holy. May it be set apart. May it be sacred. May we we not say it and so wear it out, right? Say God's name with meaning to it. Hallow his name. Let it be sacred unto you. So the way that Jesus views God is very, very important. The way he views his father matters of utmost importance to him. In John chapter 8, and I think Jordan read from it earlier, Jesus says these words in John 8, 28, 29. He says, 
When you lift up the son of man, then you will know that I am he and I do nothing on my own initiative. But I speak these things as the father taught me and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Jesus goes, I always try to please my father. He emulates the reality of honor your father and mother. Like that matters to Christ. And he is the son of God, and I believe it should matter to us, and we should try to be like him in that. I just have a couple more scriptures I want to highlight here, and they're kind of all over the Bible, this idea of honoring our parents. Now, Benjamin, I talked to him on the phone briefly, and he kind of said, here's how, you know, here's how I'm looking at, at the Ten Commandments, and here's some thoughts I have going into it, Jeff, and I appreciated that. And one of these realities was that it's not like an Old Testament idea. Like in the Old Testament, well, we're not under that old covenant anymore. It's a new covenant, hence the term new. And if it's new, it's new. It's not the old, it's the new. So do we still have to follow all these old commandments, right, that are under the old covenant? Well, apparently the apostle Paul thinks so, because in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. He literally quotes word for word the fifth commandment, obey your father and mother so that it may go well with you and you may live long. And then he just moves on to dads. (laughs) Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction. Lord, so Paul just quotes it and says, this is how I want you Ephesians to live. So apparently it still matters to God in the New Testament that we honor our parents, okay? And I'm gonna give you one last practical example or scriptural example, and then let's talk about sometimes this can be a little more complicated than we realize, right? This whole honoring thing. First Timothy chapter five, Paul instructing Timothy, I can only imagine what it's like as a new young pastor and you're trying to raise up and, pastor a church that's never been a church before, right? Kind of like when Kaleo became a church. Yeah. You know, I remember Nathan Cedarland on like his second Sunday in the harbor. He came to, was it the Episcopal Church in Hokum? Is that what it was before? Or was it Nazarene? Anyway, I can't, it was one of the two. I'm sure I'm right on one of those two. And before that, it was a youth center. And I was the youth pastor of that youth center. So here comes in Nathan Cedarland, brandly new married, like been married a year. Or maybe, I don't even know, and shaking hands with them, super friendly, humble guy, and just talking to him. I have no idea where I'm going with this story. But anyways, um, what's that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so what it's like to start up a new church. Thank you, Jordan. You've been wonderfully planted in the front row. First Timothy chapter 5. Paul's talking about widows to Timothy and he's setting up, here's how you need to govern and work and what you look for and how you do it. And he says to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter five, honor widows who are widows indeed, meaning they have no children to take care of them. That's what a widow indeed is. Verse four, he says, but if any widow has children or grandchildren, they must first learn to practice piety in regard to their own family and to make some return to their parents, for this is acceptable in the sight 
of God. Then he goes on to say, and he talks about widows for a second. Now she who is a widow indeed and who has been left alone has fixed her hope on God and continues in entreaties and prayers night and day. But she who gives herself to wanton pleasure is dead even while she lives. But notice what he says. Prescribe these things as well so they may be above reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Yikes, 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 yikes when I read that. Sorry, I can try to use the word yikes at least 15 times in this sermon today. That's a personal goal I have. Uh, I'm reading that and I'm going, whoa, boy, that he's pretty heavy. Anyone who does not provide for their own household is worse than an unbeliever, he says to Timothy. That calls my feet onto the carpet. It matters greatly to the Lord that we honor those who are a part of our household. Now, the parents may not have lived in the household. Maybe he means children here. The point is, is those who are close to you, apparently it matters to God to help take care of them, okay? We're jumping all around here, but I just want you to see how important this is to the Lord. I got a question for you. Is it always easy to honor your parents? I love the mixture of answers. I heard, mm, no, and I heard like a yes somewhere in there. Like, yeah, sure, it's, it's easy. Uh, not always. It's not always easy if they've been really destructive towards you. Some people can't have a relationship with their parents. Maybe they've died or, or perhaps just the parents have made it not possible, right? Is that true? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes uh, it's the complete opposite. People have a great relationship with their parents. They're very close. They talk all the time and visit all the time. So no, it's not always easy. And yes, it kind of is. Like the idea of seeking to give honor isn't a terribly complex concept. Like it's not hard to go, okay, how do I think highly of that person and try to treat them well? Like that's not a hard idea, but it's not always easy. How many of you have ever tried to help someone and they didn't want your help? Oh, that's fun, isn't it? Yeah. It's not always easy for mom and dad when they get to the age where they need the help, but they don't want it. And you're sitting there going, but I think you need it. And they're going, but I don't want it. But neither of you are saying that. Or maybe you're saying it to each other's face, right? And some of you are like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never been there. My, my parents are in their upper 70s and getting to the point where I got to step in more. I'm trying to think like, how can I work from their house one day a week just so I can be there to help with some things? It's not always easy. Let me give you just a quick pointer here. And sometimes it's not that. It's, you could be a teenager and your parents are 40 and there's no sense of that. But, but how do you honor someone? Because it's not like he goes into great detail about what honor looks like. And I would suggest to you that honor is going to look as different for the person sitting next to you as it is the other person on the other side and the other person. Because all of our life situations are a little bit different, Okay. Some of your parents live in South Dakota. Some of your parents live in your own house. Some of you don't even have parents anymore. They've passed. So, you know, so there's a, it's going to look different, yet at the same time, there's going to be some common factors, all right? I would just encourage you by stating this, first of all, if you're trying to honor them, you will do well. If you're just trying to do it. How often has somebody tried to do something for you? It wasn't quite what you were looking for, but you could recognize they're trying. Yeah, good. I see three people nodding their heads. That means three people are paying attention. Um, 
Yeah. Like, you're like, I appreciate that. They are trying. They care, right? And that's kind of the first step in honoring is caring about them, seeking to do something for them. If you don't know how to honor your parents and and honoring your elders, those who are above you, sometimes it's grandparents, sometimes it's an aunt and uncle, sometimes it's a neighbor, people whose God's placed into your life that need to be honored. And you'll know that by thinking about it, okay? If you don't know what to do, just first pray about it. God will show you what to do. He's a pretty good God. If he can raise his son from the dead, he can guide you on how to honor someone, all right? Pretty good at it. Ask for help. Talk to people about it. Uh, My parents in the hospital, and they're going to get out, and I don't know what to do. You think you're the only person who's ever faced that before? You'd be amazed at how often the cycles of this happen. People have to rely on their friends and their neighbors to go, I've been through that, or, yeah, I need help with that. I know what to do, or let me give you some thoughts. It's, it can be tough sometimes if the parents aren't believers, right? Like, you're trying to do what God wants, but they may not want what God wants. Um, I would suggest you this, though. Upon belief in Jesus Christ, you become a better son, a better daughter, a better husband, a better wife, a better brother, a better sister, and a better citizen of where you live. You just become better all the way around because you're filled with God's spirit now. So you're going to know how to handle situations that used to baffle you because the spirit of God resides in you. You're going to know how to honor people that you didn't know how to honor before, or maybe you didn't want to honor before. And now God's like convicting you and you're just going to be better at it. You're going to be better at all of those relationships because you are a son or a daughter of God. I want to encourage you in that. Becoming a part of Christ doesn't say, I don't have to be with you, you're of the world. That is not biblical. You will become more loving, more sacrificial. Yeah, you don't have to participate in what they do, right? But you can be better at it. And sometimes they'll look at you like you're a goody-two-shoe Christian, but that's not your intent. And one final thing I just want to say about this scripture, regardless of your opinion on honoring your father and mother, at the end of the day, you and I, a hundred years from now, will not be here, but this scripture will read exactly the same as it did a hundred years ago. It will not change. And the concept, the principle of honoring parents continues to be in every society that God has planted in this world, and it will keep being there. And this kind of is basic to society, right? I mean, you go into every society of the world, it's like, yeah, we we punish people who murder. We punish people who steal. We punish people who kind of go against some of the cultural norms. And one of those is just taking care of your parents and trying to do that. It's not always difficult, or sorry, it's not always easy. It's kind of like in our society, everyone's so individualized, right? Kids live here. Mom and dad live here. Grandparents live here. Times get tough, what do you do? You hop on the airplane and you fly there for a week and you do the best you can. Do you know what I'm talking about? Some of you are wondering if the Seahawks are on right now and I think that's next week. I don't think they're on right now. So, Yeah, and and this idea of honor gets kind of tough because Satan's trying to keep separating us from one another. There's nothing wrong with living across the country. I'm not trying to to get that. But, but I just want you this idea of it's, it can be difficult to honor because sometimes we just can't, can't be there. Does that make sense? No? Yeah? 
You just kind of are going to have to do the best that you can do. Again, pray about it. Ask for help. Realize that God's going to be with you as you go through it. And really seek. I believe God will give you an affection for this this basic way of living, honoring your father and your mother. Um, And it's true in the church as well. Seek to honor those who are older. Paul says to Timothy, do not rebuke an older man. Talk to him as you would your father. Do not rebuke him like that publicly. Talk to him as you would your father. And so this is integral to the church for how we grow and how we develop. And it's God honoring. It's God honoring as we do this. I believe the reason we have children is because God has a son. (laughs) I think that's why he gave us kids because he has one, right? And so we are like him. We are created in his image and we are like the Lord. This is the fifth commandment. From here on out, it's going to be, how do you treat other people? It seems like the first four were, how do you treat God, right? No carved images, no uh, honor the Sabbath, right? Like, because that's God's day. He, he made it holy. And from here, kind of, we, we, you're going to turn a corner and it's going to be, okay, now I'm going to reflect on my parents. And now how do I treat the other people in society around me? Okay. And so this is the fifth commandment. Let me pray for you. Dear God, I just thank you for these brothers and sisters here at Kaleo Church. And I just pray that, um, Lord, you would help them with this ongoing reality so many, so much of, of this commandment is, is kind of natural. You just kind of, you know how to do it or you learn how to do it. And yet, Lord, you know that for some people in this room, it, it doesn't feel that natural. Perhaps, Lord, they grew up in a home where honor was not given. That scripture that says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, sadly was really true in their house. And they were provoked to anger greatly by their parents. And Lord, give them grace and wisdom as they try to pick up pieces to see how to honor when it's so, so difficult. Give them, Lord, your favor in that. Give them wisdom. Lord, help them to find little successes. And I pray that they would lean on brothers and sisters in Christ as they seek to honor you, for this is not always easy. But Lord, your word stands forever and it is your word and it is good to honor our parents. It feels good as the parent. And so Lord, I pray uh, that you would make this more and more true of us as we grow in Christ likeness, that we might say that we always do what is pleasing to our heavenly father. Lord, I pray that for us who are grown adults. I pray that for little children Help us to know how to raise children so that they might see what it is to honor. And we just thank you, Lord, for being with us 100% of the time. Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.